بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة الشرح ألم نشرح لك صدرك ألم did not نشرح we expand لك for you صدرك your chest O Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم did we not expand your chest for you شرح شرح الصدر what is شرح الصدر basically شرح is to Open, cut meat in order to expand it, to make it bigger. So imagine a big chunk of meat, and then you cut it lengthwise, only from one side, and then you keep cutting it slightly, so that you can expand it. You can open it up, because once you open it up, then you can cut it into more smaller pieces, and then you can use it. So this is sharh, that when something was tight and small, You cut it in such a way, you slit it in such a way that you can open it up, expand it so that it becomes big. نَشْرَحْ لَكَ صدرك. We opened your chest for you. What does this mean? This sharh is sharh ma'nawi. Not that the Prophet's chest was physically cut. That also happened when he was younger. But what's meant over here is the sharh ma'nawi. That we expanded your chest for you so that you were able to accommodate and take in Allah's hukum. Otherwise, the heart can be so tight, it can be so narrow, that it can be extremely difficult for a person to even listen to what Allah has to say, to even learn about Allah's hukum. So which hukum is this? Firstly, hukum shari, and secondly, hukum qadari. Hukum shari. Allah expanded His Messenger's chest so that He was able to accept Allah's commands. The deen of Allah. Because you see, in general, what happens? The nafs tells you to do the exact opposite that Allah wants you to do. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us in the deen that we must perform the five daily prayers. Isn't it? Now we learn about The hypocrites in the Qur'an, that when they come to pray, they come lazily. وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ Indeed, prayer is something very difficult and heavy upon some people. But for the Prophet ﷺ, what was prayer? نَشْرَحْ لَكَ صَدْرَكَ What was salah for him? The coolness of his eyes. So when he was in any difficulty, what would he do? He would rush to perform prayer. أَلَمْ نَشْرَحْ لَكَ صَدْرَكَ Whatever command that Allah gave him, he was able to implement it. And this is Allah's special blessing upon a servant. That when a servant is able to accept and follow easily and do what Allah has commanded him. And it comes with time. And it comes as Allah's blessing. So ask Allah for this blessing. Whatever we may be struggling with, it could be salah, it could be hijab, it could be good language, whatever it is, because a person cannot follow Allah's command until and unless the heart accepts it. There's room for it in the heart. Secondly, hukum qadari, that whatever Allah decreed for him, the Prophet ﷺ accepted it. He endured Trials in life, one trial after another. 
So the Messenger ﷺ was the most patient of all people. His fever was double. Double compared to what? Ordinary people or other people experience. The pain that he suffered, physical pain that he suffered, the headache that he suffered was also double. But he was most patient of all who are patient. He endured every kind of hardship. So, Alam nashrah laka sadrak. Did we not expand for you your chest? In other words, did we not guide you? Did we not bless you with contentment? Did we not bless you with courage? To face hardships and difficulties in life and criticism and opposition, but still continue? What determination did he have? Alam nashrah laka sadrak. وَوَضَعْنَا And we removed عَنْكَ from you وِزْرَكْ Your burden. We removed your burden from you. Which burden? الَّذِي أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَكْ The one that had weighed upon your back. أَنْقَضَ نُونْ قَافْ ضَاد ظَهْر is back. And أَنْقَضَ When something weighs heavily. You see what you carry on your back. We don't generally do that. Because we don't carry big loads. The back is used for carrying heavy, big loads. So what you carry on your back, eventually tires you, exhausts you. So what was this burden that the Prophet ﷺ was carrying on his back, and it was tiring him out, exhausting him physically? What burden was this? This has been interpreted in several ways. One interpretation is that this is the burden of unawareness. The same thing that was mentioned in the previous surah. وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًّا فَهَدَى Until the Prophet ﷺ received the first revelation, he would spend days and nights in the cave of Hira. He did not find joy in eating with people and sitting with them. And this was getting so unbearable for him that he would spend days and weeks in the cave of Hira. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Qur'an to him. And with that knowledge and guidance, what happened? That burden was removed. That burden of unawareness. And you see, this burden of being distant from Allah, not knowing Allah, not knowing who you are, where you're from, this is really a burden. And a person can have everything in their life. But if this is missing, it can make their life miserable. الَّذِي أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَكَ Secondly, some have said that this wizard is referring to the burden of sin. And what this means is, over here when Allah says, that وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ We removed from you your burden, meaning we have completely forgiven you. All of your sins. Your past and future. As Allah says in Surah Al-Fatih also, that لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ زَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ And you might wonder, what sin did the Prophet ﷺ ever commit that was like a burden on his back, exhausting him? You see, there's some people who are very sensitive towards sin. Very sensitive. That even the smallest things bother them. If they looked at someone a particular way, or if they said something that was not appropriate, or they delayed something, it bothers them. 
they feel so guilty about it and other people they will commit sins that are hundred times worse but they will not feel anything. Isn't it? So depending on where a person is in his relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sins either bother him little sins or they don't bother him at all. So the Prophet ﷺ was very sensitive in terms of his relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even if he made the slightest mistake, the slightest error, he would take it very seriously. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assures him over here that he has completely forgiven him. وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ And we have raised for you your mention. ذِكْرَكَ Your mention. What does this mean? That the Prophet ﷺ is the most mentioned human being. The human being who is mentioned most frequently, more than anyone else. One might wonder, well, you know, there are more people who believe in Isa compared to people who believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Right? But if you think about it, there is not a single khatib who gives khutbah except that he says what? Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. Okay? There is not a single mu'addin giving adhan anywhere at any time of the day, Fajr, Zuhur, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, five Five times at least, except that he says the same thing. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And there is not a single musalli, a person who is performing salah, except that when they sit in tashahud, what do they say? Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin. And before that also, in the tashahud, what do they say? Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. So he is. The person who is mentioned most compared to any other human being. Yes? And the name Muhammad is also most common. What this also means is that we have raised high for you your mention, meaning that he is not just mentioned in the earth but also up in the heavens. As Allah says in Surah Al Ahzab, Ayah 56. That in Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Allah Himself and His angels send salat upon the Prophet. So, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who have believed, you also do the same. Warafa'na laka dhikrak. Imagine, He is mentioned up in the heavens and He is mentioned all around the world. Warafa'na laka dhikrak. And if you think about it, there is no act of worship that is performed except that Muhammad wasallam, he is celebrated in that. In the sense that the condition for a righteous action is what? Two conditions, right? The first condition is that it must be for the sake of Allah. And the second condition is that it must be according to according to the way that the Prophet wasallam has taught. So every time you choose to eat with your right hand and you say Bismillah and you drink water from your cup in three sips and as you're entering the masjid with your right foot in, the little little sunnahs even that you follow or the acts of worship that you perform, whether it is a praying salah, every time a person is praying salah, who is he following? 
Who is he following? The Prophet ﷺ. When you give zakat, when you give sadaqah, who are you following? In whose footsteps? Muhammad ﷺ. وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ There's no comparison here. وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ And this is for who? For the person who faced so much hardship in his life. فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى So Allah says that indeed with the difficulty, with the hardship, yusran is ease. Although things are difficult, people bother you, but there is also ease in this. The greatest ease being the comfort of knowing Allah, calling upon Him, and the hope of reward in Jannah. Indeed, with the hardship is ease. The same ayah is repeated with just a slight difference. And that difference being, fa. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said, Never can one difficulty overcome two eases. About these verses, he said, Never can one difficulty yusrain. Never can one usr overcome two yusr. How? How is it two yusr? Because if you look at these verses, inna ma'al usri yusra, inna ma'al usri yusra, the word al usr. What is it? It begins with al, the difficulty, the difficulty, which means that the difficulty is the same. But when it comes to ease, it is yusran and ease. And then in the next ayah, yusran and ease, which means a different ease. So the difficulty is the same, but the ease is, ease is of different types. And what this means is that in every hardship that you experience, there is always ease with it. Not just one ease, but double ease. If there's some difficulty you're facing in life, there is also double amount of ease that Allah has created for you. This is why, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ Focus on the blessing. In Surah Al-Talaq, Ayah 7, Allah says, سَيَجَعَلُ اللَّهُ بَعْدَ عُسْرٍ يُسْرًا Allah will make after difficulty ease. And here what do we learn? With difficulty is ease. The Prophet ﷺ said, وَإِنَّ الْفَرَجَ مَعَ الْكَرْبِ That indeed relief is with difficulty. وَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ And he said, and indeed with difficulty is ease. فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ So when you have finished. Finished what? Your work. فَرَغْتَ فَرَغَيْنَ Is basically when you have finished your work and now you're free. So when you have completed your work and you're free, what should you do? Enjoy your freedom. No. فَانْصَبْ Then stand up. فَانْصَبْ نُونْ صَادْبَ Nasb is to fix something somewhere. Like for example, people would fix their idols. Alright? It's fixed. It's just always standing there. It's been put up there. So fansab meaning get up, stand up, and fix yourself. Now attach yourself in what? In something else? In worshipping Allah. Why? Because there will be ease that will accompany it. فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ What does it mean? When you're finished one thing, now start another. Why? 
aren't you exhausted from the previous work? No. Yes, you may be tired, but whatever work you will do, with the difficulty will be the double ease. Multiple ease. So when you're done with your work, then fansad, busy yourself. And the ulama have said over here that this means fajtahid fil ibadati wa dua. That now strive in worshiping Allah, in calling upon Him. Spend your free time in worshiping. In worshiping who? Allah. Because what happens generally is that when you're too busy with whatever you're doing, your exams, your school, your work, yes, you take time out for the fard, but you don't take time out for an hour of recitation. You don't take time out for half an hour of dhikr, of tasbih. You don't do that generally. Why? Because you're busy, one thing after the other. What do we see here? That your free moments that you have, use them to connect with Allah. You know, like every free moment you have, typically, what do we do? We pick up our phone. Isn't it? And we connect with who? With people. Even if we don't connect with them, we at least look at them, spy on them or whatever. And we have been taught here to connect with our Lord. Yes. Yeah. You know, the you may have heard the recitation of Sa'ad al-Ghamidi. Right? We have also played his recitation many times in class. I was listening to an interview by him once and he said that he memorized the Qur'an in his evenings when he was in school, in university. So Asr to Maghrib or something like that, he would spend in the masjid every day. And that is how and when he memorized the Qur'an. What do we do? Whole day of work? Now come on. Let's just chill. Right? I've got nothing else to do. Let me just watch the same movie I watched last week. No. We're wasting our lives here. We're wasting our time here. فَإِذَا فَرَقْتَ You've finished something. Alhamdulillah, you've completed it. Now you can move on to something else. And what should that be? فَمْصَبْ وَإِلَى رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ And to your Lord, فَرْغَبْ So direct your رَغْبَ What is رَغْبَ? Inclination, longing. Meaning, never stop seeking Him and pursuing His pleasure. You finished one thing, now start another. And through that, seek Allah's pleasure. This is the goal of a believer's life. He doesn't waste his life being free. وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ When you're done with salah, then what do you do after salah? What do you do? Finished? Adkar. So as you end one activity, engage in another. And whatever it is that you're doing, in it, direct your longing to your Lord. Do not be of those who turn away from their Lord, who forget their Lord. Because if you do that, you will be of the losers. Recitation. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alam nashrah laka sadraka wa wadahna anka wizraka alladhi anqada dhahrak وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرًا إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرًا فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ وَإِلَى رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ You see, when you go to school, do you ever say things like, okay, now I'm done grade 10, you know, I'm done. Can you do that? If you tell your parents, I'm done grade 10, thank you very much. I am now retiring. 
what will they say will they accept it no they will drag you to school complete your high school and if after your high school you say i'm done i'm not studying anymore what will they say either go work or study right and even when you're done your studies let's say you just finished your undergraduate then what happens and you say i'm done no no you can't sit like that doing nothing either do masters or go find work or do something else you can't sit idle isn't it or get married but even that for some reason people think if you get married then you have a reason to sit idle no being married doesn't mean that your life is over you can still study you can still read you can still listen and learn and teach and work and volunteer and help and be involved you can do different things you see the moment you think i am free that is where shaitan will make you busy in his service he will because shaitan comes where where there is space if you make space for him room for him he will come and fill it so don't give him any space don't give him any room fill your time fill your life because you're a believer not just 5 days a week but how many days a week 7 days a week every day is a day of worship yes assalamu alaikum so today when we were driving maybe some of us were feeling sorry for ourselves or you know like how come we cannot have a snow day or whatever and subhanallah this is the mojiza of quran i would always say because uh, you know the mo- we didn't plan this way that there will be a snow day and then we will teach these two surahs so that we remember the hardships that prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has gone through mm-hmm. and subhanallah this same day when we were sorry about ourselves you know we have to drive in such a weather and subhanallah we are reciting the yeah. first thing Uh, the lesson was about this, these two surahs and we are talking about prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's hardships and alhamdulillah we see the reward that we are still even us are sitting here and reciting mm-hmm. quran and subhanallah this blessing reached us after that many years subhanallah you know whatever difficulty you're going through in your life if you look at the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam your hardships seem like nothing nothing at all You might wonder but this kind of a snowstorm? Yes, because the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam went through the battle of Ahzab in the winter of Medina. You might say Medina is in the middle of the desert, but yes, desert winter is bitter cold. Especially when you don't have thick warm jackets or gloves or even closed shoes. That was a time when people wore sandals on their feet. They didn't have woolen jackets or jackets with like fur and things like that no so if he did it i can do it too he's our role model if he strove in allah's way i can do it too and when he strove he did his best look at the reward that allah gave him expect reward from allah